everyone, I'm Nina Tara, I'm an art psychotherapist and you are listening to episode 3 of Courageous Arts, A Deeper Dive. I have my first guest. Yay! I am very excited to be bringing you this episode today because I am talking to my good friend and colleague, art psychotherapist, Moriam Grillo. And it's really lovely because we have taken quite a deep dive into the global events that are happening and have been going on for years, actually, conversations that can be difficult to have, difficult to negotiate and difficult to even jump into. So we're going to be taking a deeper dive into that um, in this episode. And I'm really glad because a lot of the topics are very close to my heart as well. So as usual, don't forget if you know anything in this episode resonates with you, please don't hesitate to share. Please leave a review and um, also rate it because as I said before and I've said in some of the other episodes is it's really important because it gives the um, podcast a boost and it helps me reach more people and that's really my aim for this podcast to be able to reach more people to normalize the conversations around mental health and to normalize the idea of seeking support and taking those deeper dives as we navigate difficulties for ourselves and for others and in our communities. Um, So yes, have a listen to this episode. And again, don't forget to leave a review. Don't forget to give it a rating and help me reach more people. So here we go, guys. Have a listen. Hey, hello, Moriam. <laughs> hey, how are you doing, Nina? I'm good, thank you. It's so nice to, to see you here. And thank you so much for agreeing to do this. You're my first guest and I'm nervous. <laughs> so, and I'm glad that it's somebody that I know and I feel a little bit more comforted that way. So I'll introduce you, Moriam. Moriam is an artist and an art psychotherapist working in the community with special focus on offering trauma-informed support for vulnerable women. Moriam is also in an engagement producer for Future Fossil, a major public artwork commissioned by Milton Keynes Council, and a curator of Sitting with Discomfort, a series of talks challenging systemic racism. And that, just actually just a quick one on the Sitting with Discomfort, was a great, a great series of um, workshops that you did in extremely challenging times and maybe we should just maybe just jump into that as we we've started Did yeah you want to- I mean I'll, I'll just sort of jump in and say it is still you know a series but it's still live I've got one happening tonight actually oh, wonderful. um so yeah it's it's kind of obviously after the death of George Floyd you know it was kind of like grappling with all of the emotions and things that happened you know, at that point in the summer, we had the pandemic, like we were in lockdown for a couple of months, and then that happened. And I just felt really, really upset, enraged, saddened by what had happened. Um, and I couldn't understand that everybody else didn't feel the same. So there was literally, and I, I articulated it to a friend the other day when I said, I just felt so much rage, and I had to put that rage into action. Because, you know, what do you do you know you can't just stay enraged you've got to do be productive you've got to carry on with life or whatever so it's been a great opportunity to kind of 
link up with people I don't even know. So people I know, people I don't know, that also feel very passionate about what happened and want to continue the conversation on anti-racism. So we had some, we've had some great speakers and um, we've got some great speakers tonight as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. Excellent. And, and you were saying actually, and it's, you know, it would be remiss to not, not really touch on it because <clears throat> it did bring up so much grief so much loss um mm. for me personally as well and as you said all that rage and you just don't know what to do with it and it needs a momentum mm. because it could go either way couldn't it? it could go inwards the rage or it could go external and that project that you're doing it is actually so so interesting um and i remember the video clips at the beginning of one of them that were actually you know showing the number of people that had had you know been impacted had been murdered if you like you know that's really what we're talking about and um and that was only a fraction of them you yeah know, yeah and for a period of time yeah and actually that grief what do we do with that grief how do we reclaim our, ourselves and others and you know going back generations and stuff so it's been a really really important conversation to bring to the table and to continue to bring. Yeah, and it's brought a lot of attention to the post-traumatic slavery syndrome. So this, again, as you mentioned, sort of like generational trauma as yeah. well as generational grief. Because for me, when, you know, it all happened in June, I just felt that there was this wound that had never had a chance to heal mm. that had been, you know, undone again. Um, and I, I think that people didn't get that because a lot of people were like, you know, oh, George Floyd, George Floyd. But it's like, it's not just George Floyd. You know, there have been people for centuries that have been killed unjustly because of the color of their skin. And, you know, if you think about it on those terms and you know that you live that truth, that your life is racialized, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Part of dies, a part of you dies when they die. Yeah. Part of you is hurt when their heart is hurt. That injustice, you know, seeps into all of our veins really yeah yeah and that's really really important because actually that's going to be one of my questions about the you know trauma and mental health issues um and that really pr pretty much answers it about you know have you ever been impacted and actually what did you do and what was your journey and that's really a kind of way to sort of um think about how the journeys can be taken in a more positive direction mm -hmm. they're not very comfortable directions because it is, as you said, sitting with discomfort. And what change that? can be uncomfortable, right? You know, sometimes yeah. you have to make change to progress, to have, to be challenged is to sit with discomfort, to sit with something that you feel uneasy with, but it is about you negotiating or working out how you can manage that. Yeah, and also challenging others, others' discomfort about not wanting to have conversations that can be really, really productive. Mm. That can be really, really um, full of growth as yeah. well. And I think the reality is at this stage that there are so many people that do want to have that conversation. So perhaps don't necessarily know how or where to start, but actually are open to it. And I think that's amazing. And I think that's a, a real sign that, you know, there is a potential for something positive to come from this. Yeah, brilliant. And what's been your highlight so far of all the all the sitting with discomfort ones that you've done? Because you've done quite a few now, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say is there a highlight as such. Well, actually, there was one talk by Faluka Taylor, who's a psychotherapist, mm -hmm. and she was talking about again, you know, um, living a racialized experience. It's very easy to feel undone, affected by society at large, and you know, to constantly live 
in that bubble of affect but she was inviting us to sort of to dream to move beyond that you know and to kind of rewrite our own way of being which I thought was really great and there was another doctor on another webinar called um, Dr Annie Lee who Annie Lee Jones I believe it was um, who spoke about the fact that only we are aware of our true sense of self and our true sense of self being seen you know because often people will project their own stereotype or idea onto you mm. but we hold the truth of ourselves and we can't allow it to be affected by what goes on without us we have to nurture that truth within us so that's really interesting as well that that really gets me in my throat actually just you saying you know that that bit about being seen and actually it kind of makes me think of like going back to see ourselves our younger version of ourselves and healing those wounds um so yeah it, the journey is from within to dive deeper into into ourselves to be able to be able to see ourselves so that's really beautiful right in my throat <laughs> that's really lovely and that's that's what I mean about your you know with this project it's had so many positive um outcomes um and reached so many people yeah it's quite interesting actually because I think our first session we had like over 300 people attend and we I sort of had a conversation with a friend and thought we should try and do something in response to everything that's happening so we set up this event and we thought you know if we had 30 or 40 people there we'd be happy and then we got 10 times that amount and it was like whoa mm. and that's when we realized because it was supposed to just be a one-off but that's when we realized you know actually there's an appetite for this there is a you know People want to have this conversation. People want to learn. People want to understand. Um, And I think for some people, I don't know if they understood that racism was a thing, actually. It's really strange. But then when they did become aware of it, they're like, okay, uh, you know, we want to change that because we don't want to be a part of, you know, be complicit with that or whatever. So, yeah, it was pretty incredible, pretty incredible. Yeah, and it's still happening. And will it still be going on once this, because this podcast will air in a, a few weeks will there be a link that I can share with people yeah well I mean there's a YouTube channel now so we have oh, um, 10 maybe 12 talks on there at the moment um and we have the one tonight we have another two lined up but I'm, which is up until January but I'm hoping to at least take it up into April and then take it from there oh wonderful so there'll be a YouTube link in the show notes I can share with people so they can go back and revisit and potentially join the ones coming up Fantastic. Wonderful. Um, so, Moriam, a little bit more about you. I mean, what brought you into this work? What brought you to wanting to become an art psychotherapist? And what was your, well, your journey? I was, yeah, I was an artist for a number of years, and that was fine. And then you sort of like make artwork and you can't always sell it. So then you can't always make a living. So you're like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> what am I going to do? So I started to sort of diversify with my art practice and part of that meant working in the community and working with vulnerable groups so I remember I was in touch with a particular organization Mary Seco Housing Association um, in Luton and I was working with their 18 to 25 year olds just offering them a kind of well-being space where they could just sort of like interact with the clay and because that's my main main uh, material ceramics interact with the clay and kind of just explore you know just explore creativity and there was no real remit it was just that you know here's a lump of clay do as you wish and it was really interesting I mean I when I studied I always thought it was fascinating that you had like maybe 30 different students at BA level in a room and each piece of clay came out profoundly different because there was just this potential 
within the imagination and human spirit to just create something unique that you know nobody else would ever think about so that always fascinated me anyway but with the young people they began to tell their stories and explore their experience with the clay and it was just so powerful mm -hmm. we just ended up having these incredible objects that were just like narrating these unique stories and lives and I just thought there's something really powerful going on here I'm not quite sure what it is and I remembered when I was in my final year of um, ceramics that we had a few people come in from different universities talk about different pathways to continue your art practice. And Philippa was one of those. Philippa, who used to be called uh, Philippa, yeah. <clears throat> came into our university and spoke about art therapy. And I remember thinking, my God, that's so amazing. I'd love to do that. So it was always in the back of my mind. And so therefore, you know, this kind of like clinching of the deal, working with these young people and actually recognising that the art making process had such power and such potential was really what drove me to kind of want to investigate further. Yeah, clay is one of my favourites as well because of the the somatic, mm. um, uh, you know, thing that goes on in in that kind of touching of the clay and the very kind of early early connections to very very early parts of our childhood and stuff like that. Yeah, and really, exactly. as you said, uh, being able to tell a story and that material that asks the least of you but actually gives you the most in return and that for me i mean again as an artist but also as an art psychotherapist clay has so much meaning it has so much potency because for me uh from a sacred point of view it is a sacred material you know it's like in the sacred text it says that we are made of clay and so therefore i i sort of approach it with a level of sacredness and i feel that other people do perhaps unbeknown to themselves. So it just feels to me that there is something really powerful and real, real great potential that happens with clay in particular. Yeah, very powerful material. And as you said, um, a very earthly, mm. earthly material. And actually what I've noticed more recently um, in the second lockdown is how people are gravitating towards nature. Mm, absolutely. Like they need to reconnect. So there's something absolutely. incredible about that. Yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. Um, and what is your latest project? What's your latest project that you're working on now? Well, everything's online now, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> well, it's quite interesting, actually, because um, just as lockdown was coming into effect, so I was sort of like working, trying to work out how, how am I going to survive? How am I going to survive the lockdown? How am I going to mm. continue practicing? How am I going to continue with, you know, my artistic work and things like that? Um, and I applied for funding with Arts Council um, and the Bedfordshire and Luton Community Foundation, which I was successful with both. Um, and so we put together a series of activities that we could do. Um, and one of them happened to be taking art therapy online, which I'd actually started to do before because I was working with a group of women. Um, and it felt really unfair because they were, some of them were unwell they would have had to have been the individuals that would have shielded for longer. So to ask them to come into the town centre when we knew that it was becoming more and more dangerous to be out and about, mm -hmm. I sort of went online from early March. Um, and so this enabled me to be able to continue that work and then to sort of diversify. So in partnership with other organisations, offering sort of therapeutic spaces so that local people can feel better, feel better, feel safe, have someone to talk to, not feel isolated, you know, mix with other people. So a lot of things online, really, just um, being able to kind of offer creative outlet and sending art materials out as well so that people can engage and, and be creative. Yeah. And there's something nice about receiving a, a gift through the 
the post and as you said that cr kind of creates that thread of connection doesn't it and what's really wonderful because you know obviously there are a large group of people that well not obviously but there are a large group of people that were involved in the projects that I did um, and we worked with organizations that happen to work with vulnerable people in the main anyway mm -hmm. so what we actually had was we had people coming from all walks of life and some of them because they suffered from anxiety or other sort of mental health issues, actually couldn't make it into the Zoom room for one reason or another. But we'd sent them out the art pack and they could then still use it at home. So okay. someone showed them some care, offered them some relief through creative expression, and they were still able to engage in that, even though, you know, and in their own words, they felt too nervous mm. to be in the space with people they didn't know and the unknown situation. But but again, that's the nice thing about being able to send out the art materials that you give them the opportunity to be able to do that in their own time yeah. and in their own space and on their own terms. Yeah, there's a lot of empowerment in that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. With empowerment yeah. as well. And it is quite a tricky thing, isn't it? This online thing is as, as we've embraced it as well. It's brought so many um, opportunities, as you said, for people that are, are shielding to, to, to still stay connected. And actually the reach across the globe now is, is much broader. But then there's also some, some opposites, <laughs> like you're saying, and, and it can be quite an anxious thing to be in, in a little box on the screen with you know, a few other people, because it's the connectedness in a disconnected way and there's like these paradoxes that can exist but yeah, um, exactly so for some people it's a saving grace mm. you know they're just glad to be one of those people in one of those boxes and be able to share and then they get that echo back of response from somewhere else mm. from someone else but for some people yeah it is a bit much to take but I mean I have one particular um, participant who comes every now and again she says it takes her a while to psych herself up to be ready to engage and be visible but she obviously benefits from it enough that every now and again, she can do it. But, you know, it's, it's few and far between. Yeah, I mean, it takes away a lot of things when we're in a box. You don't know who's got feet. You don't know who's got elbows. You know, and you, don't, you can't get a sense of someone. And yeah. the, the smell and, the you know, the sense and the kind of, even the sounds are very different in person. Yeah. Yeah. But so what I try to sort of focus on is what we do know and what we do have. Yeah. You know that there is a face there, you know that there are eyes there that are smiling and observing you and um, perceiving you, which is what you need, you know, as a human kind of connection. We need to feel perceived. We need to feel acknowledged. So we sort of like work from what we can deal with yeah. and can act upon as opposed to the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. The knowns rather than the unknowns because the unknowns we can fill in with our minds and create all sorts of monsters can't we <laughs> absolutely That's brilliant. and it actually reminds me it takes me back when you said about you know being seen on this you know being there as a face and then it takes me back to what you were saying earlier on about seeing ourselves um in going internal so it's all connected that connectedness yeah. is that that's lovely just because there's one crucial truth and that crucial truth is about being perceived and being seen because mm. that is what satisfies a deep need in us a deep need for connection and a deep need to to feel connected with to mm. feel wanted mm. yeah and that's interesting because your projects are all about that connectivity you know whether it's the the sitting with discomfort and this one as well and that's really the kind of the power of art therapy isn't it yeah exactly so you know um it's very much about um being connected and and 
majority of my work actually is trauma informed so it's very much about um recognizing acknowledging listening witnessing certainly yeah um i don't know how you would feel about sharing a very short case study um um on and anything like the trauma informed or the project anything short you know how, how, whatever you feel safe with well i'll share an extremely brief one but i think it really does bring home the value of the work that we're doing at the moment mm -hmm. so i have a particular client who because of illness cannot leave the house and because of the illness and the anxiety associated with the illness when she does have to leave to go to the hospital or whatever she literally says that she will drive in the car um, and they will have to come out to her to administer medication or whatever she won't even go into the doctor's surgery mm -hmm. and that's not because of corona that's just because of you know an ongoing sense of anxiety that's been built up in about leaving the house even within her home she can't go up the stairs because of mobility issues and so she um, lives downstairs in the front room and she has her crafts and art materials that she can use and feel feel better mm -hmm. so she joined one of our online sessions that we were sort of like doing creative things with textiles and fabric and stitch and things like that we sent out the art packs to everybody um, and we began to work on themes but it was a co-collaboration so it was what each of them brought we worked on themes based on what they were interested in and she said one week that um, having that to do in the evenings really helped her because she suffered from hallucinations and she heard voices so the opportunity for her to continue a project that we'd started online that we would continue over the week until the next session enabled her to be able to be distracted enough from the hallucinations and the voices that she could actually feel that it was bearable and that she could cope and manage with it and I just thought you know there isn't necessarily a model that says that we work remotely number one but says that we then say I will never actually physically meet you but I will share these materials with you and we will work together virtually but it, you know, it works. I mean, it works because it has to, but it's just quite beautiful to know that there is such an enrichment that can come from that kind of engagement that is in a sense unheard of. And, you know, we wouldn't have thought of. Before. Yeah, yeah, it's a springboarding, isn't it? It's that mm. springboarding into that um, growth, that post-traumatic growth. Mm. And um, even the power of learning a new meditation, if you like, of being still in that way to, to stitch and that being enough to create new pathways i suppose yeah. in the brain for her exactly. to quieten those voices mm -hmm. and be able to stay present in where she yeah. is it's, it's, it's really it's really <clears throat> interesting when i'm trying to explain to people about art psychotherapy and often as i've said before people hear word the word art but they don't hear the the other element of it <laughs> excuse me and the power the powerfulness of it in terms of the empowering and the the mm. engagement within yeah absolutely with unconscious process yeah yeah absolutely so that's, that's wonderful to hear about that journey that she's taking that's gonna help her springboard to something else whatever that is for her in her own window of tolerance exactly it? her journey her agency yeah absolutely and just being able to have that as you said the art material sent to her as that receiving a gift and then that token can become can take a life of its own that's wonderful mm. brilliant I've got some other questions I have um do you have any favorite quotes uh 
that you could share with you with us that you can you know you often like would find yourself going back to yourself gosh there's one that i just quoted today i often look at your because <laughs> i really <laughs> do to try and find it now. it's actually um on twitter but um and it was by audrey lord let me see if i can find it Oh, can we have a conversation while I'm trying to find yeah, it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, I, I've often looked at your um on your on because we're friends on Facebook, so I often look at your your quotes, and they always have me going, "Oh, that's exactly <laughs> how I feel." And I find that with quotes, often it can be the one little thing that can, for me personally, have me just feeling held yeah like a little comforting hug in in a space where actually at the moment we're not able to do that with with so many people yeah exactly so there's okay I'll, I'll tell you one that I posted a couple of days ago um by James Baldwin and it says not everything that is faced can be changed but nothing can be changed until it is faced mm. and I thought that that was really poignant especially in relation to the work that I'm doing online with sitting with discomfort I thought that that's really interesting that we begin to have those conversations and you know begin to explore those difficult themes really but the other one that I wanted to share with you it's by Audrey Lord and I'm having difficulty finding it because I didn't realize I tweeted as much as I do <laughs> <laughs> she basically says that um uh we sometimes fear speaking out because we don't think that we'll be heard we don't think that people will like what they hear but it's more it's much diff more difficult for us to be silent because that hurts equally um, and isn't much of a challenge. I didn't say it very well, so <laughs> I'm going to try and find it. I'm going to try yeah. and find it. And again, that, that thing of, of speaking our truth in, in a, a society, in, 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 a, in a way where we've actually um, been used to being quiet and sort of blending in and hidden and, you know, that yeah. kind of, and I think that's been my journey over this time of reclaiming my voice as well. I didn't mm -hmm. think it was going to impact me as much as it did, you know, the Black mm -hmm. Lives Movement and uh, really addressing the grief. And I think that's what that quote is talking about, yeah, about really it, facing, yeah, turning towards yeah. rather than away. Yeah. Um, I'll read it to you. Yeah. <clears throat> um, when we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard or welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak. And that's Audrey Lord. Mm, beautiful. Mm. And they are very powerful. So those are lovely. And I'm going to actually share those as well, um, because it'll be nice for people to see if it's something that resonates with them. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. We're coming to the end. Now, I, don't, I want to finish with something a little bit more fun. Um, so I've got a quick fire round of questions that take a little bit of a deeper dive into you. <laughs> and if you're okay with that. That's so fine. are you ready? <laughs> Texting or talking? Talking. Talking. <laughs> Favourite colour? Yellow. Yellow, that's nice. Last book you brought or downloaded? Oh, the last book I, oh gosh, that I bought. Oh my God, I bought about 20 books all at once <laughs> just the other day. Um, and... Ooh. Well, okay, my favourite books that I've recently bought are textile books, which are really, really interesting. Wow. I've bought lots of psychotherapy and psychology books, but the textile books are really fun. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> into the textile. We talked about this before, didn't we? The stitching and the and the textiling. And the, the, the wonderful thing about the stitching is it really, um, for me, it's the kind of 
the, the puncturing and the repairing. Mm. And it's really quite a powerful thing in the textiles as well. So that's wonderful. I'll have to. It's really interesting that you think that because for me, the textiles is very much about, well, it's two different things. It's a thing about this idea of women's work, right? Mm. We have these women only spaces and we all sit together and we sew. And there's something about women's work and, you know, stitching and mm. but one stitch after the other. But there's also something incredibly political because I think when I did this, this is my second 12 week set of stitching um, online workshops we did some over the summer when lockdown first started and um i was looking at a lot of subversive embroidery because i just thought it was quite interesting the the power of a needle you know a needle like you say puncture in the thread but how how powerful it is and how potent it is you know especially when you begin to stitch out letters and words and things like that but at the moment so we were very conventional actually i i did want to be a bit more subversive but we we're very conventional in the last um sessions of, of textiling but this time round we've sort of thought about collage so we've been using not only text needle and thread we've been using paper you know added on materials and things like that just to make it a bit more interesting yeah. and just layers but also in the same way that I would use clay and it would be, it would resonate as a sacredness of one's own self. We were looking at the fabric as um, being reflective of oneself. Mm -hmm. And so therefore what one added on to the fabric or how one um, engaged with the flat fabric was relatable to oneself. So it was very much about a, a much more reflective kind of engagement. Yeah, that sounds really powerful. Uh, yeah, I'd be really intrigued to hear more about that actually. So maybe we could talk a bit later on again yeah. on another. Yeah. And also, I just want to say, so my last book that I downloaded um, was called In Search of Future Fossils, which talks a lot about deep time and oh. climate change and the environment, something that we don't speak about so much, but we really need yeah. to. We're yeah. going to change. So it's, in, it's incredible by a guy called um, David Farrier. It's an incredible book. And I think everybody should read it because it really sets the tone as to what we're doing. We, we're actually in a, um, some, uh, an era called the Anthropocene. Mm. we've created our own geological era. Mm. When we look back in 10,000 years at the strata, the earth strata, we will see layers of rock that have been fused with plastic because the amount of plastic and toxic waste we're creating now. Yeah, in fact, that's really interesting, isn't it? When we, that's something that I have never thought about in terms of that, um, but it's real. Yeah. yeah and so interestingly enough we were we were called when we um, asked funding to actually say okay how will you be environmentally sound with your projects and so therefore we're using materials that are degradable you know mm -hmm. we're thinking about that on those terms where you know like today in a session i had today i was able to say to one of the participants look you don't have to go out and buy a new piece of cloth you know repurpose something that you already have in the mm -hmm. home you know? so we're beginning to think about that now and i think that this is really important yeah yeah, and I think it's really, really important to be really mindful of that as well when we're using materials and, and bring these conversations in um, and using, I do a lot of forage stuff and that going out into the nature, picking up pieces and, you know, foraging. And I think it's really uh, reclaiming, isn't it? Reclaiming yeah, absolutely. Well. It's also connecting with the truth of your connection with Earth and the world. Yeah. So if you honour the world, which is, you know, what the climate emergency calls on us to do, then you're honouring yourself. So it's about recognising that intrinsic connection. And I think that we don't do that enough. But I think something like art therapy calls on you to have a deeper yeah. sense of awareness and awakenedness, yeah. which is keeping yeah. with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's really, really, really important. 
because that's something that a lot of us I know in the in the cohort that we're still in uh, we talk a lot about <clears throat> how to practice ethically on a number of levels um, and that's and then we saw what happened when everybody the whole world went into lockdown and we saw the impact of that on the environment itself where things started to re-emerge mm. um, so it's really really yeah absolutely I'm gra- glad you brought that up and I'll actually put that link in the show notes yeah, as well please, that do, please do and I love the idea that during lockdown everybody started making bread you know it's just like, <laughs> yes. you know your daily bread you know be be more purposeful yes. connected for your own sake yeah yeah and it, it was a lot of going back to basics wasn't it it was a lot of basics really and stripping yeah. back all the all the other elements that were potentially mm. you know too much yeah which is interesting isn't it a yeah. way of managing the uncertainty the unknown the you know the the fear is to go back to oneself to go back yeah. to basic, to connect with oneself and yeah that's quite incredible as a as a learning in, in itself really yeah and then it takes me back to what you were saying about the knowns mm. go back to the knowns rather than the the things that you can't know yeah, of. yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay, so would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? <laughs> <laughs> do I want to speak to every person I come into contact with? Do I, want to speak, do I want to speak to animals? I thought about that question. I thought, actually, silence is, is um, underrated. You know? <laughs> silence is underrated. That's a, that's a good way out. <laughs> <laughs> and actually to be to that question I'm curious I have to say I would probably rather talk to animals right. <laughs> I'm a big animal person I feel that I feel that we have this unspoken connection with animals anyway so when That's I see a horse or a sheep or a dog I feel that I'm connecting yeah. with them so yeah. yeah and in fact when you say silence is underrated there is no language with animals is there it's all yeah. through setting it's all right. through energy exactly. so you know you're, you 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 quite right there <laughs> with the silence as well we work with unconscious process so there's so much yeah. that's, said that's not being said yeah we know this yeah. you know yeah and actually in the stillness is where we can hear the most really, absolutely and yeah. you need the silence in order to be able to appreciate the notes of music or to be able to appreciate yeah. what you said because absolutely. if i were just going on and on and on and on, not a break you, you'd be overwhelmed <laughs> I need, need to do that with my inner inner critic. <laughs> Silence that inner critic. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so fill in the blank. My superpower is uh, being okay with being me. Oh, <laughs> yes, and that's quite a journey, isn't it? It's quite a journey because it doesn't come um, come as a, you know as a as a thing that we're born with, and we're born with being okay, and then we. It's funny, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. I think I think it is there when we're born. Yeah, yeah. And then we get the, the as you said before, having these layers of things projected and expectations and then really not knowing and then going through that journey of rediscovery. Mm. That's wonderful. Um, what's your favourite season? Autumn, because of the colours and this sort of serene but also just there's something when the leaves fall and you just watch them fall and they float as they fall mm. it's, oh, so lovely it's magical <laughs> the colors are lovely actually when the colors do change and it's like yeah, i mean yeah i love every season right so i what well, we have a bluebell woods near where i am and so the dappled sunlight is also something that i really really cherish but but autumn there's something about it and i suppose because it's becoming it's moving towards the silence of winter, but then also mm. away from the, you know, the, 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 
the busyness of summer. So it's quite interesting, isn't it, as a transition? Mm. Piece, I find it quite fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Slippers or cosy socks? Slippers. Slippers. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Maureen. It's been so lovely to talk to you today. So where can people find you if they want to look you up and seek you out? So I am on Twitter. You could look me up there. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. Um, I have my website, butterflyproject.org.uk. Um, Sitting with Discomfort, as I mentioned, is on YouTube and also on SoundCloud. Um, and I think I'm also on Facebook as well. But yeah, Facebook isn't as interesting as the other site. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put those other links in the show notes so people can find an easier way to connect to you. Thank you so much, Moriam, for being my first guest. As I said, yeah, I was... Thank you. The privilege of being your first guest. Thank you quite nervous but it's it's been so lovely and I think we've talked about something really really important very close to my heart as well mm. um and as you said these conversations really need to happen and I'm glad that we've opened up with this conversation because it needs to be there and it's one of my my goals actually through this is to to bring the conversations that need to happen and you know that's why it's called deeper dive yeah. to really go into these things that we would often just maybe feel like avoiding because it feels too uncomfortable but let, you know when we're feeling uncomfortable I think that's where the work is yeah absolutely that's where the change is that's for sure yeah the growth and the, the awakening brilliant oh well thank you so much Moriam um and I will put all those links up in the show notes thank you so much for talking to me today ladies yeah, and gentlemen that is Moriam thank you Wow, we covered a lot in that conversation, didn't we? We took some deep dives into some very, very uncomfortable conversations. And I think that's what's so brilliant is that there was so much there. And I hope there's something for everyone and something to to help you think about where you want to take a deeper dive into next. I have more episodes coming up and also some more uh, flying solos. Um, I'm also going to think about sharing some meditations because that's been coming up for me recently. Don't forget, if you have enjoyed this, please do share with anyone you think you might want to enjoy listening to a podcast and um, give it a rating, give it a review, because every single rating and review helps me get further up into the spaces so I can reach more and more people. So if you can do that, that will be so great. All right, guys, I'm going to sign off for now and I will see you again next week with another guest or myself flying solo and we'll be taking those deeper dives together. All right, then take care now. Bye.